Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Drop your shoulders, take a breath. Tune into how you feel because it's time to stretch. I'm Sinead Moore, and this season is here because of the support of Vitabiotics, my season four sponsor. From Pregnacare to Well Kid, Well Woman, and Well Man, they have a product range to support us throughout every stretch of life. The career stretch. I spoke about it in season one, and I know it is a juggle for all. And when our professional selves and our parental selves collide in a time of a cost of living and a childcare crisis, it is immensely stressful. From needing to advocate for your needs to knowing it's time to leave, from feeling the fear to feeling the relief when you make the necessary changes, it's a lot. And I want an expert voice to help us out. Angela Burke is a career consultant who has set up her own business to support people to find clarity, to pivot and advance their career and more importantly, their career well-being. We talk about our mindset, using our voice, making hard decisions and taking action. Plus, she answers your career stretch questions, including how to process being forced out of employment due to childcare challenges. It is a highly valuable conversation that I know will help many who are in this right now. So get in touch with your feedback because I love to read them all. Angela, thank you so much for joining me on Stretch Mark. This is a conversation, even us being able to like be face to face is something that we have back and forth on Instagram DMs about (laughs) for way too long. And I'm just so grateful that we could make it happen for the podcast. If we could just make it happen in real life, that would be even better. We were actually at an event on Wednesday at the same time and we didn't even know we were passing ships in the night. And, and the gas so thing is, we don't actually live that far no. from each other, which is hilarious. But anyways, we're here now. And I actually just want to say what you're doing, Sinead, is so, so important. You actually, I was thinking about you all morning. And I was, I, I really wanted to say to you, you inspire and encourage my bold and brave side. Oh. Because whenever, honestly, whenever I go onto your stories and I see you doing your thing and talking so bravely and passionately about um motherhood and motherhood and career which obviously I'm you know interested in the career angle I just feel so inspired and encouraged to just lean in that little bit more to bravery and boldness in my own life and career so thank you for that <laughs> that is that is so kind that is so kind and I and I I mean that because the reason that I wanted you to to come on the podcast is because 
like likewise I feel like when I see you giving your skill set to a wider group I feel like everything has been so closed the world of HR has been so closed the world of career development has been so closed you kind of have to wait to be invited to take a step forward and what you do on your platform is you actually bring it bring the empowerment back to the person and and to me that is such an important part when you are in a time of transition and particular stretch and the the stretch that I always talk about I think that kind of broke the camel's back for me has been the career element of my transition into motherhood and the thing that I kind of juggle most is I love my career self. My career self is part of my identity. It is part of who I am. It is part of what I've worked so hard to become. It pays for the life that I want. It pays for the life I want my children to have. But it is who I am. And I felt, I I still feel often conflicted around how I make both parts of me work. And what I had to do in order to make both parts of me work. And it's something that I'm changing my mindset on. And we just even spoke Mm. about it because I used to say, oh, I quit. You know, I had my second and I quit. And it's like, I didn't quit. I didn't. I left a job that was no longer working for me in order to go after the type of career self, mother self, life self, that I needed for the particular season of life that I was in. And I'm now almost two years down that track. And trust me, I would never, ever have changed a single day or week or month of that. But I don't think I would have done it if it not had been for the type of content that you put out and you give people the empowerment that says, yes, I want more out of my life than just, you know, feeling like I have to stay stuck. And we don't have to stay stuck. No, that's so lovely to hear. First of all, thank you, because I know, you know, I'm so passionate about <laughs> what I do. So if, if anyone at all says, you know, you inspired me to do this or you made my Monday a little bit easier by hearing you talk about, you know, managing the Sunday night fear on Sunday evening, it just lights up my heart. So thank you. But you're so right. And it's something like people are probably sick of me saying it but look I will I will always say it I'm such an advocate for taking control of your career mm-hmm. because I think we just is it I don't know if it's that transition from like you know in school we're told what to do in college we're kind of told what to do and then we land in our career and we're you know we end up in this first job that none of us really picked we just ended up there and I think we just kind of navigate through our career on autopilot taking the opportunities we're given sometimes you know um, obviously sometimes like seeking some of those and trying to kind of navigate a certain way but we don't speak up half enough in relation to what we need and want and I think a lot of us and, and me included at periods of my career I think a lot of us are so guilty for kind of waiting around for someone to make it happen and to give us what we need whether that's a small tweak or whether that's a promotion more flexibility whatever it is and I'm sorry but it's not going to happen you know and sometimes we blame it on you know our managers but when you think about it like if you're in a team of 20 like your manager has their own career to, to think about the business and the organization and the team's objectives and 19 other people so they can't be responsible for your career growth and your career needs so yes until the cow is gone home 
I will continue to say that we do. We need to stand up and we need to take control of our own career and whatever that means for each of us, which, you know, will be so different. In order to do that, though, it brings up and I think I'm I'm speaking again from kind of personal experience because I went through the motions. I went through the the um, like I thought long and hard for a long time about becoming self-employed and taking my skill set and doing it privately for clients instead of the security net almost of having a job. So how can you move through the motions of I'm not where I need to be. I need to take back some control. I feel quite, I don't know what the next email announcement company-wide is going to be and how that impacts my life. And that brings me terror and fear. And I'm burning myself out working so hard for, but I'm pushing against a wall that it'll, that'll never move regardless of my effort. How, how do you begin to kind of say, right, all that energy I'm putting into the pushing I'm going to start putting into the replenishment of me, my life, my goals, my abilities and my confidence. Like, how does that begin? <laughs> There's so much in that. And there'll be some people listening in and they will want to go into self-employment and there'll be others listening to you there. And they'll be thinking, yes, I want to, you know, take control of my career and stay in employment, but tweak things to make it more suitable to where I am right now in my life so let me address both okay um the first thing is you know what I'm going to be honest these decisions don't happen overnight mm. um how, how long were you trying to make your decision Sinead I was I was probably oh my god I was a year if not mm. longer I've had people I come was, to my workshop yeah. that have said they've been trying to make a change for 15 years but wow. have held themselves back yeah so that's the first point I really want to make I don't want anyone listening into this and feeling bad or feeling like they're a failure for first of all not making a decision to make some form of change um these things take years um they absolutely do but I think it starts with really figuring out I always say if you if you want to make a change change comes with discomfort whether that's in your personal life or your professional life we hate change I don't like being uncomfortable whether it's professionally or personally so you have to understand what's on the other side of that discomfort in order to leap into it because otherwise you're just going to stay in the discomfort you know you know the devil is, is what is it the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know so I think the first thing is being really clear as to what's on the other side of that discomfort and the only way you can figure out what's on the other side of that discomfort is to understand what you're sacrificing or what you're missing out on right now does that make sense so there'll be people listening in and you know they could be commuting an hour in the morning an hour in the evening five days a week there's people listening in and they're not getting home for bedtime there's other people listening in and you know they're being underpaid by five or ten k and they're working so hard and they're seeing that you know the difference in lifestyle they could have is what's on the other side there's someone else who you know is at a standstill in their career and they really know that they're doing the work <laughs> that is at that le next level promotion wise but they're just not getting the promotion I could I could be here all day um you know there's your, there's your always situation. a catalyst there's always a catalyst there's, that makes exactly. you feel like now like I have to now I have no choice now like the game is up yeah and I'm I'm exactly. I'm now so yeah you're like 
you have to have a trigger that makes it worse to stay where you are you know that has to push you forward yes but you have to also consciously become aware and accept what you're missing out on and what you're saying no to yourself on by sitting in the discomfort you know and that you're familiar with because we will in our personal lives and our professional lives we are so quick to just accept our current situation moan about it until the cows come home but not change it mm-hmm. and actually there's not a whole lot of difference in like you're already uncomfortable in whatever situation you're in um that's leading you not to be fully satisfied in your career so why not be in a slightly different uncomfortable situation for a short while in order to reach that comfort so to summarize again the first step is actually becoming aware of that discomfort, that dissatisfaction in your career and what the trade-off is, like what you're missing out on by sitting with that. And only when you become aware of what's missing, what's not working, what you're, you know, what you're missing out on, what you're sacrificing on, then you can start to create changes and figure out what that change needs to be in order to move away from that and get what's on the other side of it. Does that make sense? Mm. At some yeah. point along that, then you have to find your voice. Yes. Yeah, mm, because there's a lot exactly. of parties that kind of have to sign up to the new deal so you're like okay I've acknowledged and recognized what's not working what's making me feel the way I feel um I've now identified what I think is a is a way to make it work a way to change the mm. the situation the circumstance the the hours the commute you know, some of them can be small. Some of them could be like, my life would change overnight if I just didn't have to do that commute on a Monday morning because something else is conflicting on a Monday morning and it's causing immense stress. Or it could be, I just need that 5,000 because we get that 5,000, we get that mortgage approval. We get that mortgage Mm -hmm. approval. We can finally get the family home with the extra bedroom, which means I can have my second child. Like there might be some really small, minor tweaks in the grand scheme of a corporate culture which has a massive change to you and your life. But how do we find the courage to knock on the door and, and advocate for ourselves and ask, particularly when we might be in a culture that kind of doesn't really welcome that? I think once you, it's so nice hearing, um, yeah, hearing, hearing what I've just said kind of being brought to light there. I think once you can see like that, once you can see that extra bedroom and that you know, that new child, once you can see what you're missing out on, you're then, you're then very familiar. You're, you're then accepting your why and you're so in tune with the why, the why you would lean into the discomfort. And then it's about slowly but surely um, supporting yourself to come to that place where you're comfortable to make the change. And often that is having that conversation. And I'm so glad you said that actually, Sinead, because a lot of people will come knocking on my door and they have left it maybe 15 years, first of all. Um, and they've left it 15 years because they feel like it's this massive change. They feel like they're going to have to invest 15K in a master's. They're going to have to go back down to the bottom of the pay grade and have this complete career change. And honestly, after a conversation with me, they realize it's really not the case. Like it's those small little tweaks that will make the biggest difference. And sometimes those tweaks can happen in-house where you are at the moment working. Sometimes it will mean you know, changing jobs, becoming self-employed, 
joining a new organization, et cetera. But often it is just the key to unlocking that, um, you know, what's on the other side of the discomfort is actually just having a conversation with your boss or making some small tweaks. So I think, you know, how do we do it? We get really clear on our why, why we're leaning into the discomfort. We visualize, I know this might sound a little bit wacky, but literally visualizing that spare bedroom, you know, that second child, a third child, whatever it is, visualizing it. And I think when you visualize it then, or I, I do want to say, like, you know, visualizing, um, you know, getting home and being able to put the child to bed or getting home and being able to do your yoga or your run or whatever it is. That's it, because it's um, not just about, it's not, uh, not just about children, yeah. the, the kid motivation, it's the life motivation. Like, you know, it, yeah. it might be like, well, I, I still want an hour to myself to main, like to be healthy, to be fit, to exercise, to have a social yeah. life, to, to see family and friends. I might have, you know, parents that are aging and I want to support them. So we all have, these different needs and wants but we can feel a bit paralyzed to do your job incredibly well and ask for what we need yeah exactly um and I I always say as well that it's going back to that empowerment piece and and kind of maybe facing the harsh reality that our careers are a responsibility and it's really not up to our employer to come with solutions Mm. for us right so sometimes it's about actually figuring out what the solutions are yourself and going having that conversation then with your boss, your employer. And there'll be some people listening in and they'll think, you know, I actually just can't have the conversation or a conversation is not going to solve my issue. It's actually a change of jobs or it's a change of career. So that's a different thing. So that's about taking control and thinking, okay, what tweaks do I need to make? Um, What steps, even small little steps, it could be a case of pulling out the CV from five years ago and looking at it and thinking, what do I need to change? And sometimes even a step is looking at your CV, thinking about your current skill set, looking at where you want to be, seeing what that gap is. And yeah, you might not be ready to take the leap yet. It could be for financial, personal reasons, or you just don't actually have the skill set to make that leap. Um, so then it's about, okay, what is that leap? What is the the, the gap? Do I need to do an online course to address that? Do I need to ask for more responsibility in my current job? Can I strategically volunteer for a project that will give me that skill set or give me that experience so that in six months time or in two months time, I'm then then able to get closer to making that leap. So it's really everyone's situation would be so different, but it's about figuring out what are the tweaks um, that I need to make or what is that leap and what are the steps I can take to get towards that um, and it's so important to say, you know, you mentioned analysis paralysis there. and We mm. spoke about this earlier. I'm very familiar with analysis <laughs> paralysis, both personally and professionally. Anyone that knows me will know, like I have a, a difficult time making personal decisions. Um, it's something I'm working on. I'm definitely getting better. And I will say, yeah, I will say I feel like I've, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly there. Um, but when it comes to analysis paralysis, the one thing I have learned is that no decision is forever, right? And I really hope this kind of, because when someone said it to me, it really took the weight of the world off my shoulder. You can only make the decision with the information you have right now, knowing what's best for your life right now or for the period of time you're looking at. That's all you can do. And there really is no wrong decision at the end of the day, because every single decision can be changed, can be tweaked, can be reversed, right, in some way. So, again, think about, you know, with regards to where I am in my life right now, what decision do I need to make 
with regard to my career that allows me to live the life I want and that I deserve um, for a certain period of time and know that when you're making that decision, there's no wrong decision. You can change it in six months, you can change it in a month, you can change it in five years. Um, and I think that sometimes releases that pressure that we hold because we're no longer in a world where we make one career decision and that's it for life. You know, if you're like, this is scary, right? If you're, so I'm 35, like I have another, you know, unless something significant changes in my life, I have pretty much another 35 years. I have my whole life again, career, like to, to, to navigate in a career. That's scary, but it's also exciting. And it's also you know I feel like it also shakes you up because Mm. actually if you think about it if you're unhappy in your career today you have two choices you can continue to be unhappy unfulfilled and lack what you need from your career in your life for every (laughs) Monday to Friday for the next 35 years or you can make a decision today that will literally change the next 35 years of your life like it's scary but empowering isn't it Mm -hmm. it's exciting yeah it's exciting like, it just makes it's sense a- when you look at it like that it's like well why like I'm 35 I have my mm. whole life again ahead of me in my career like why wouldn't I change something so that I have a like a much more fulfilled 35 years ahead of me fear yeah fear is fear is very powerful and fear when the rolling back of decisions has implications for the people that you love around you and you're talking from a place of moving from you know that very you know secure employment regular monthly payment you know exactly what's coming in to going you know self-employed but also this could be relevant to people who are maybe considering um cutting back their working Mm. time to a three or four day week or you know um changing career level changing job levels if you will or you know changing direction to a position that's maybe five or ten k less um but I also wanted to say that you know the tweaks and the changes you know that you're making to make the next 30-35 years um of your career until retirement better for you whatever that better means they're not always financial financial related as well so some of them is like plucking up the courage you know to have the conversation so that you have more flexibility or um you know it could be a case of changing direction and there may not be actually we always think I, I don't know where this come from but we always think that when we change direction that we're starting at the bottom again in terms of pay level and that there's a huge investment in terms of you know reskilling and studying but actually a lot of the time it's not the case because you have all of these transferable skills and experience and you just need a little bit of strategic positioning it um, to the employer once you're familiar with how your skill set and your um, experience does actually relate to that job and I'm not talking in case anyone's listening I'm not talking talking about lying um, I'm talking about becoming familiar with your skill set and your experience and becoming really familiar with that other job and thinking okay well how can I actually use these skills and these experience experiences in that new job and being able to sell and position that to the employer rather than waiting for them to look at your CV and do the working out for you um, so I do just want to mention that because again a lot of the time when people come knocking on my door they will, you know, I mean, it's a very real thing going from employee to self-employment and that financial piece is 
huge, huge, huge. And I would always encourage people, you have to run the numbers and also take a gradual approach if needs be so that you're not letting go of that security mm. straight away, right? But I do want to highlight that there are tweaks and changes that money will make that won't have that financial implication, but there'll be a different type of fear. And it's a fear of rejection. It's a fear of the unknown. It's a fear of, can I do it? Um, yeah, fear is so, so real. And it, it will hold us back. What did I read recently? I actually said this to someone recently that self-debt, someone much smarter than I, I had come up with this quote, maybe you'll know who it was, but what is a self doubt kills more dreams than yeah. failure ever will and it is so true isn't it we can talk ourselves out of anything absolutely yeah and we can really keep ourselves staying small because we can kind of manage small you know it's like and I do that constantly like if I'm presented with an exciting project like the you know if projects that I would have dreamt coming to me come to me my initial gut feeling is no don't yes like immediately. Yes, and we always say there's someone else more yeah. like and I see this all the time with people I would have clients come to me and they're, they'll say you know oh I was missed out or I was looked over for this promotion or for this project or you know we might be talking about that gap they need to address right and I would say okay well you need to speak louder project or you need to put your hand up the next time this opportunity comes up or whatever it is or carve it out for yourself and nine times out of ten they will say oh no Sheila's the strong communication mm. in the team or you know John is the technical person or Brian is the numbers but we will always identify someone that's better than us and they may be you know they may be technically better but at the end of the day it's attitude and it's you putting up your hand and like you can't just sit back and let some, there will always be someone better there'll always be someone prettier all oh, this richer etc but you can't just step like sit back and just not put yourself forward for that fear you know and that comparison you have to just back yourself and say yeah they might be better but actually they might not be better and let's let you know whoever the decider is figure that out but I'm going to put myself forward because what have I to lose you know but you're also closing the door and I do it as well you're closing the door to such growth and the the unfortunate thing and I, I I've figured this out in my own life as well and in my own career um you know my Instagram I would get lots of cool opportunities and sometimes I'm feeling brave and I'll say yes and other times I will do exactly that and self-doubt will creep in and I'll say no and what I've learned is the more you say no the harder it is to say yes um the more you say yes the easier it is to say yes because you're slowly you're building your success bank I call it a success bank um and actually side note everyone should literally start a success bank right now so the smallest things that you have achieved, the biggest things you've achieved, just everything you've achieved in your career, even just this past week, you know, um, write down things you've achieved in, in your work. And honestly, those days where the opportunity comes in and self-doubt is creeping in, you open up your success bank. You, As you're reading that, you will quickly go back to that place of, actually, yeah, I I, I could do that. Um, and it will help you say yes. Um, but the other point I wanted to make, Sinead, that I think it's so, so important um, is that, you know, whether it's in an interview or whether it's, you know, in response to an opportunity that comes your way, or maybe it's a proactive, um, you know, you're proactively going after an opportunity you want. You have to remember that if you're not backing yourself and if you're not positioning to whoever's on the other side of that why you're capable of doing this 
of course they're not going to have um, belief in you. So you really, your belief is so, so important to you getting any opportunity, whether that's that conversation with your boss for more flexibility, for more money, or, you know, in response to some kind of opportunity you're looking at, you're, you're, you're looking for. Um, don't ever underestimate, even the way you hold yourself, the way you speak about it, the way you show the excitement and the eagerness. Because again, why would, like, if you think about it in your own life, you know, if you're looking for, you know, someone to look after something for you, whether it's, um, you know, personal or professionally, you're not going to have trust or faith in someone who's kind of like, oh God, I don't know if I can do it. Someone will be better. Whereas that person who's asserting themselves and saying, I'm so excited to look after this. and This is going to be wonderful. And actually, let me tell you about the ideas I have around it. You're going to go with them. So I think we constantly, constantly need to remind ourselves of that because we're living in a world where the external noise and the external comparison just creeps in so quickly um, and can really restrict our growth if we're not careful. Coughs and colds are a normal part of growing up, but there is nothing that knocks down the house of cards quite like when our kids get sick. I want to drop everything to be with them, but then the juggle and the guilt and the worry and the sleeplessness begins to stretch me until I fray. The relentless kids book stretch is one I think we all know and probably have the marks to prove it. So my goal is to keep them as well as I possibly can so that as a family we can continue to do as much as we possibly can. The award-winning WellKid is a carefully balanced range with nutritional support from toddler to tweens, as it is packed with 24 essential vitamins in tasty natural fruit flavours. WellKid helps you give your family the extra nutritional and immune system support they need with all eight B-complex vitamins plus A, C, D and E. There is also WellKid Omega-3 plus an individual vitamin D supplement. Available in liquid, chewable, pastilles or gummies, this range supports all our fussy eaters and busy adventurers. With 50 years of innovation in nutritional science, Phytobiotics has been pushing boundaries to help our families feel at their very best. With products to suit all stages from preconception, pregnancy, postpartum and family life, including pregnant care, well kid, well woman and well man, Phytobiotics have created an award-winning range to suit every stretch of family life. Phytobiotics want to look after you through their supplemental range and by supporting this season of Stretch Marks. Food supplements must not replace a varied and balanced diet and a healthy lifestyle and you should always consult your doctor or pharmacist before using. I have some questions. Yes, go for it. <laughs> so I asked on Instagram for people to send in just a couple of their kind of career pain points right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I've selected a few okay. that cover all bases. Now, we Great. won't go into them in a lot of detail because obviously you can't without knowing their background yeah. you know, and their life experience, their career experience, give any kind of actual planning around this. But a few that just landed with me, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel that that is something that many people would be feeling the first just being you absolutely hate what you do and you just can't figure out what to do next you know so you spoke earlier about like having that vision for yourself but what if you just mm. see blank but you hate what you do but you don't know what you want so start by figuring out what you don't want to do so if you hate the position you're in currently 
I'm not going to say wonderful <laughs> because that's mm. an awful position to be in. I'm so many people are in that. Um, but that's information. It's information. That's a starting point. So literally sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and a pen and figure out what do I hate about my current situation? And that can be everything from the work I'm doing, the people I'm working with, um, you know, the location, the building I'm working in, the commute, what it's taken away from my life. Literally, like, try and carve out as much information as you can about why you hate the position or the situation you're in currently professionally because you can go you can move from there that's the starting point um this person is saying they don't know you know what's next they don't know what um they could do so at least if they can figure out as a starting point well what do I definitely not want um they can build on that and then on the flip side of that you know maybe think about from the start of your career think about okay what have I enjoyed so whether it's a piece of work whether it's you know working with certain types of people um like what are the things that I have enjoyed and then slowly but surely you'll start to build a bit of a picture not a full picture but a, a stepping stone um as to okay what could I like um I have a whole like five-step process on this um but the other thing I will also say is and this is the piece that people miss Sinead and they kind of solve half that problem. They might solve it technically in terms of they might be doing a more interesting work somewhere, um, but they might still be carrying a lot of that dissatisfaction over because they haven't addressed, I suppose, how their career impacts the rest of their life. So personally, so think about at this stage of my life, whenever you're making a decision with regards to your career, you have to check back into your life as it is right now. So at this stage of my life right now, what do I need from my career? Because that would be so different than it was maybe two years, five years, 10 years ago. And it might be different again in two years. So there's that technical piece. And that's what everyone thinks about in terms of like, what do I want to be doing at work? What kind of, you know, clients or industry do I want to be in? How much do I want to be paid? And people kind of think about the location as well, but they don't think about why are we working? Like we're working to, you know, um, provide ourselves with a certain lifestyle. So think about that piece as well, because that is often the piece where unfortunately you'll make this whole big move and you'll end up sitting in a different chair with the same problems. Another one, which I think many will understand, and I think this is where sometimes people can feel a bit of that paralysis creeping in, because mm -hmm. while the information is there, there's kind of two lots of information. So one, the information being that they love what they do. So it's like, okay. yay, I have found my passion. I have found what I'm good at. But they're in a really toxic environment and they hate where they're doing it. Yeah, And, and that really conflict hard. of the two pieces of information is causing them to feel stuck instead of like stretching beyond and bringing their career where they need to bring it. Yeah. And it eats into a lot. Mm. It eats into your enjoyment within the role, your performance collaboration with other people and then it can start creeping in if you're if you're deeply dissatisfied in your role it will start creeping in personally as well and um, it's a really tricky one and no two people will deal with this the same but I always look at okay what's within my control so what are the controllables right so in that case you're not going to change I think sometimes accepting that unfortunately and, and there's a lot of people who will want to do their patient and change as much as they can but you're not going to change a toxic environment in its entirety right if it's two or three people you can either limit your interaction with them you can try um, you know you can try talking to the manager you can try raising concerns you can try to build 
um, relationships with those colleagues, you can try positive reframing. So, you know, if we read a book, for example, um, and we don't like certain chapters, we can completely rule out that book or we can look at the book in its entirety and think, OK, well, there's certain parts of the book I like. Um, so it's the same with people, right? So if you think of those colleagues, you know, we can't choose, unfortunately, we can't choose our colleagues, um, but we can look at them in their entirety as opposed to that, you know, whatever that kind of toxic element is and just think, okay, to my best of my ability, I'm going to try and work with these people as professionally as possible. And I'm going to try and look at the, now this is, a lot of people will listen in and be like, that's very airy fairy. And I am like, I have also been in these situations. So I do know it's easy, it's easier said than done. And it does depend on what that element of, of, of toxic, um, what what element I suppose yeah exists in terms of like the toxicity um but if you can try and think how can I how can I work as best as possible with these people that can be that can be one approach the other approach on the opposite side of that is a toxic environment will creep into your professional satisfaction but also when you're carrying that home with you every day it will start to creep into different areas of your life and this is one of those instances where you have to decide when enough is enough so like that you know chatting to the manager doing what you can to try and control it but if it gets too much I really want to say you know only you can make the decision for your mm. career and you're not going to be able to change that environment, nor is it your job to change that environment. So don't feel guilty because guilt creeps in so much. Sinead, you wouldn't believe the amount of messages I get from people where they want to leave a job, but they are guilty mm. as to what they're leaving behind them. That's guilty of leaving their, their colleagues who are actually their friends in that toxic environment, or even if it's not in a toxic environment, guilty of leaving people, you know, in such a hectic environment if it's a really busy time. So what I would say is you have to take control. You have to look after your mental health. And if you feel at any stage, this is actually getting too much for me now and it's starting to affect my mental health, you have to make the decision for you because nobody else is going to do that. It comes back um, to what you said in the beginning. You have to take ownership of your life. And if the bad is outweighing yeah. the good, you've got to jump. You've yeah, got you to do. keep going. Yeah. And just on that, there will be, you know, even if you make the decision that you want to leave that toxic environment, there's probably going to be a period where you're kind of sustaining as you find your new opportunity, unless you have the financial freedom, obviously, to leave straight away. So what I would say is in that period, really look after yourself, um, mm -hmm. protect your energy, think about what you can do for you before work so that you don't feel like your life is being consumed with that toxic environment. So even doing something for yourself, ten, you know, for 10 minutes before work, 13 minutes before work, whatever your situation allows, and the same after work so that you you feel like, okay, there's a, a starting point and an ending point to the situation. Close the book and then you're into your personal life. That might just help people kind of during that sustaining period. One is the classic one of the post maternity leave piece where people just feel like they just don't know who they are walking back in. Mm. There's been such a complete change in identity. And whilst the employer sounds supportive in the transition back, the person themselves is kind of going, I don't know who I am now in this space. How mm. do you support your clients in them reconnecting back? To their professional selves with confidence yeah there's a couple of things the first thing I would say is go easy on yourself yeah. if I think of excuse me periods of time where I've taken a month off you know to go traveling or to have a, a fantastic holiday 
<laughs> thinking back on now going back into work after that month it's hard like you feel like you're so behind you feel like the world has moved on so much so think about whether six months nine months a year whatever it is you've taken as maternity leave that's that intensifies that and of course you're feeling you know you're feeling like you're not kind of you don't have your finger on the pulse as much but then you're also dealing with this like you said this whole life change person you know you you feel a different person so I think the first thing is meeting yourself with compassion and I suppose an acceptance that it's okay that I feel different going back because I am a different person than I was nine months a year ago whatever it is um, and then the second thing is, I suppose I help clients to figure out what they need, because often, you know, the the key is to, to, I suppose, adapting back into the workplace is figuring out, well, what do I need now within this workplace, within my career to support me in this new chapter of my life? Um, and that will change for, for, for people that will differ for people. But it's about figuring out what do I need? And then third piece, I suppose, is you know, building up the confidence um, and the empowerment to actually have those conversations. Um, because like you said, I think, you know, most employers, they do want to help, but I suppose how they are able to help different people will depend on what you need. So it's just about, I suppose, building that confidence to have those conversations, those open and honest conversations about what you need and bring in solutions as well. Because mm. if you think about it, you could be, your manager might not have a family or might not have children. And they will do their best, I suppose, to support, but they might not be clued in as to exactly what you need. So come with the solutions. Um, a little tip actually as well that I often give is, um, you know, more so around the technical piece and just feeling like you're so behind and you don't know how to do your job anymore. And never mind, remember your password if you're locking into a laptop. Um, that can really impact um, your confidence. So I think there's a few things that I would recommend kind of doing before going back into the workplace. And one is obviously, you know, reconnect. If you have a colleague or a couple of colleagues that you're close with or friendly with, just even reconnecting with those and meeting those individually or mm -hmm. maybe starting off individually and then meeting two or three at a time. So that you're used to being around people again, you're used to adult conversation um, and you'll slowly start to hear a little bit about the changes and what's going on in the environment. Um, another tip then could be, you know, it'll you'll go to different places depending on your industry, but just kind of very slowly just starting to read up on your industry. So that could be going on LinkedIn, it could be going on Instagram, it could be Googling a certain um, website, whatever is relevant for your industry, but just starting to slowly absorb some information again so that, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, I remember what I remember what I used to do. And I, I, I now have a feel for what's going on in the industry right now. Um, and then don't be afraid to talk to your employer, like different organizations will have different kinds of reintroduction schemes um, for new mums. So yeah, just making sure that you're familiar with all of those and you're leveraging them. But I suppose the key bit is figuring out what you need um, and not being afraid to ask for it in the workplace, but also at home and within your, your family and, and friends as well. And one that is kind of the opposite um, is being faced with having to be forced out of work. So unfortunately, there's a childcare crisis. There's a shortage. Mm -hmm. There is also a cost of living crisis and the childcare costs are impacting upon that also for a lot of families who are sitting down to just run the numbers. And for yeah. some, the numbers no longer add up. Um, 
and it was discussed a lot when I wrote an article for Image magazine and talked on Ireland AM and News Talk. And it just seems to be this problem of our generation of, of women who were told, you know, go and be as successful as you want to be. And we did. And now it's like, oh, but there is nobody actually available to mind your children. And many, 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 many women have messaged me to say that they are navigating the feeling of being forced out of their careers and making that decision and not wanting, like leaving a part of them behind, leaving a part of their identity behind, but mm. accepting that it's like, it's just for now and it's the right decision for right now, but it's it's a hard, it's just a hard place to be in because you have built this for you. Yeah, I... I honestly can't even imagine, to be honest, because even I've, if I think of, yeah, if I think of all the elements of that in terms of, you know, working so hard, whether it's, you know, education, trying to get into the workplace and then all those, you know, steps and milestones that you have to work so hard through to get to, you know, where you want to be, even the hard conversations and also, you know, um, I know I have felt within my own career at certain times, you know, I, I got into management quite early, quite young. And I remember even feeling like even having that, like being young and being in a management position and having to feel like you need to work twice as hard to be credible and to be, you know, respected. So I, I honestly can't even imagine having to walk away from all of that hard work, all of the emotion, all of, like you said, the identity built up in that and not because you're choosing to, not because you want to, not because there's something wonderful on the other side. Um, it's, I think the hardest decisions we make are the ones that are kind of made for us because our, our hands mm. are tied. Um, so I, first of all, I want to say I'm so sorry for anyone experiencing that. And it, it really sad me to see that. I mean, I personally have it all ahead of me. I'm, I'm not a mum yet, um, but I really do empathise because I, I, I just... I'm trying to envision that for myself and I think it would be it would be so um so so hard um I think hitting on what you said there about that acceptance piece in terms of like how do you accept something that you know you don't particularly want but you know is the best for your situation at the moment um and I think I'd add to that and just knowing that you know it's 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 not forever and maybe I suppose redefining which is so hard again given it's it's not a, a conscious decision you want to make but maybe redefining um what success means for you for this period of your life and also what I really want to say is I work with a lot of moms who might have or carers as well actually who have mm. taken um you know time out of their career and as they're going back they're thinking you know oh my god my skill set is gone it's really not I can't emphasize enough the skilled as a carer, as a mom, like all these different roles in society outside of your professional career, we're building skills, we're building experience and you can absolutely leverage those going back in. So I just think it's important to mention that as well, mm. because sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credibility for, you know, and even volunteering, like I'm thinking of, of roles, you know, in my own life outside of my professional career, we don't give ourselves enough credibility for the skills and experiences we build outside of our nine to five. Um, I wish I had I really do wish I had uh, the answer and a better answer but I think I can't just you know I can't just throw no, a solution we, at this when 
it's 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 not you know you're, you're not willingly leaving and that's the hard bit about this you know um and I also think that making the decision to step away is not the same as quitting and it's not the same as resigning yeah. like the, the even the word of resigning it's that real resignation yeah. like you're done you're throwing it in it's like no I'm making a smart choice if it mm-hmm. if it no longer makes sense for me to be at a financial loss for doing this I'm just gonna I'm just gonna redirect I'm just gonna redirect for the next couple of years and know that there are lots of ways to stay connected to your professional self even if you've left full-time employment. I think there's a bit of a myth and a lie around full-time employment in that it's, you know, you either ha- you either have it or you don't, you're in or you're out. There's so much that I've learned over the last two years to show that you can really stay connected to your professional self while in these years of yeah. high childcare fees and to not give up on you and it entirely but to just change the narrative around, no, no, I yeah. just made a really smart, if I'm CEO of the house, I've made a smart call on what it is we're doing right now, how we're structuring yeah. ourselves right now. But I'm going to restructure when when the time comes and then I'm going to fully lean into my own growth again. Yeah. And not being afraid to ask for support, you know, I suppose on the the exit, if you will, but yeah. also on the, the reintroduction because, um, yeah, I think, like you spoke about it's similar like going back after maternity leave like our confidence can take a hit we want to make sure that we're carving out you know the career when we go back to suit our needs so just thinking about like what kind of support could help me on the exit but also on the reintroduction and and getting that gifting that for yourself well I think the ultimate lesson that I've taken from this conversation is that you are in control and If you feel like you're not, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not in control, you can be. Yeah. You can take steps towards feeling like you are in control again, because it is your career and it is your salary and your progression and your money and your success and your growth. And it is, it is your life. It is your life. And we are going to have, and I, I remember when I was pregnant and I had a real like, moment of I think I had to like take a week off or something you know and just you know it was like no no you need to rest and it was on my first child so I was still very much my professional self receiving this news and I in pregnancy with my first was and on my second but more in my first I was very much I was not the person to accept the chair in the office if somebody was like oh she's pregnant for the chair in the meeting I was like I'm absolutely fine thank you very much (laughs) I am still the person I was before. I'm just multitasking. And I was told I needed to, you know, take some days off. And I remember feeling like, like the guilt that you said, I can't, I can't. Sure, they need me. There's a project, Mm -hmm. there's a deadline. You know, I've got a team. No, you know, and I wasn't thinking of my body and I wasn't thinking of my needs and I wasn't thinking of the baby I was growing. I was thinking like, no, my work self, I, I, I can't. And the doctor, like, she was amazing and she just like looked me in the eyes and she was like you will have 20 30 40 as many jobs as you need in your life you will have this one pregnancy this yeah. one you might have others as you said that you might have others but you'll never have this one again yeah so stop 
Yeah. And and I think that that I've learned to to use that regardless of whatever not it's not a pregnancy it might be I have you know you might have a parent that needs you you might have a partner that needs you you might have whatever it is whatever the reason you get this one shot at these parts in your life yeah and work doesn't shouldn't can't always consume us so if you're feeling really conflicted ask yourself like how 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 can I weigh this up and what is important right now Mm. safe in the truth that what you've worked to date doesn't diminish it doesn't doesn't fade away it's still in you and you can when in time when you're ready do incredible things with your career again yeah oh like I, I second all of that um a nice question to ask yourself uh in those situations and it's a nice reminder as well because we can career can consume us it's definitely consumed different stages of my life um and I think if you ask yourself you know when I'm 80 like what will I say like what will I say to the person in that moment that was afraid to take those few days off you know instead of you know looking after myself and my pregnant body you know um or similarly you know if there's something going on in your family and you know you need to be there for your parents or you know what you just want to enjoy your 20s and 30s a little bit more you want to make more time for wellness whatever it is I think just being like what would my 80 year old self say to me having lived the rest of their life and I think sometimes the answer is so so clear when you when you look at it that from that perspective yes I can completely understand and I have been and continue to be in those situations where things can become a little bit gray because you're all consumed but I think taking that step back um and just looking at it and thinking my career is one part it's one part of you know the circle of, of all the different elements in my life and yeah while we can feel so passionately about our career we definitely need to look after the other areas of our life as well because they all impact each other and if one you know is impacted the you know if your wellness or your self-care or your relationship your family life if that is suffering your career is going to suffer and vice versa so it's important to Look after it holistically. Important. Thank you for the work that you do with your workshops and your one-to-one consultations. I will leave a link in the podcast piece below for anybody who wants to link in with you. Um, I love your content. I love the, like, I just, I've learned so much about how to change my mindset around career from watching your content Um, and seeing how people like trust you with navigating these next steps, these next decisions. You know, I think you've built a really, really supported community. And thank you for joining me on the podcast to help us figure out this absolute mindfuck of a career stretch. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And thank you for all you do as well. Like I said at the start, you inspire me on a daily basis. So keep it, keep it going. Thank you for listening and thank you to Angela Burke for giving us her time and her wisdom. I'd love to hear your feedback, so do get in touch at Stretchmarks Podcast and follow my guest at AngelaBurke.ie on Instagram. And I will talk to you again next week.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.